0: Okay, so we're broadcasting on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Uh, and once again, the day is Sunday, October 2nd, 2022, and we are live. Welcome to the African History Network show. The calling number is 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment, Okay. And we're also broadcasting uh, on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. So September uh, 15th, Thursday, September 15th, 2022, I was on Roland Martin, the filter. Normally, I'm on Fridays, and I was on this past Friday. Normally, I'm on Fridays, but um, I end up being on uh, Thursday instead of Friday. And I was on with Dr. Greg Carr, Reese Colbert. Of black women views. You see Reese sometimes on MSNBC on uh um Simone Sanders show on MSNBC and also Dr. Jason Nichols. And we talked about the um movie that's coming out in 2023, the live action movie of The Little Mermaid, okay, starring Haley Bailey, okay, the live action movie of the Little Mermaid starring uh, Haley Bailey. She's an African-American actress and singer. A lot of people know her for uh singing as a duo with her sister Chloe. And it's the the trailer of the movie has been uh viewed, I can't remember, I think it's over a million times, something like that. And it uh is inspiring a lot of very young African-American girls, three, four, five years old, to see. This black mermaid. okay, but it's drawing a lot of criticism and a lot of hatred from white supremacists online. So we'll discuss that. Uh, I'm going to play part. Now, also. I posted an article a few days ago dealing with Mami Wata, dealing with Mami Wata and Mami Wata is an African mermaid like deity that predates. The European mermaids, okay? This is basically where this comes from. Mommy, so we're going to talk about Mommy Wata, the most celebrated mermaid-like deity uh from Africa who crossed over to the west. We'll discuss that also. I'll play part two of my interview with uh, uh Professor James Small dealing with the movie The Woman King. Uh, also, I saw I looked at Box Office Mojo. I know through uh, Friday, The Woman King has done forty one million dollars uh, through Friday, uh, and that's that was just the first fifteen days uh, of it being out. Okay, so probably by next weekend it uh, will exceed uh, fifty million. And it hasn't been released uh, worldwide yet either, like in full release worldwide. Hasn't been released uh, worldwide yet either. Um, there are, uh, we'll talk about the reverse freedom rides also from 1962 in which segregation has tricked uh, African-Americans in the South into being bused to northern cities with the promise of a job and a better way of life. Because this is very similar to what uh, uh, Rod DeSantis and uh, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas are doing with uh, migrants as well, using them as a political football, then uh, I'll be speaking on Saturday, October 8th. Uh, I'll be speaking at the Repaired Nation's fourth annual Black Cooperative Solidarity Conference uh, 2022. We'll have that information at our website, dot com. We'll talk about that. Also, I'll be on the Tammy Mac uh, business, business of Being Black show on Foxhole TV on Monday, October 3rd. Uh, that's going to air on YouTube, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You listen to the African History Network show. We'll be back in a few minutes. I saw a lot of response to the Mermaid movie that comes out in 2023. you think it was out now How much uh, because of how much hatred it has received uh, from a lot of white supremacists. And I, and I read in articles um, uh, on this. And uh, there was one from uh, the, there was one from um, screenrant.com. The Little Mermaid star reflects on racist backlash to aerial casting. The Little Mermaid star reflects on um, racist backlash to um, Ariel casting. Also, there's a, 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 a new, newer article from uh, NBC News. Uh, Halle Bailey uh, says, seeing a black version of Ariel would have, quote, changed my whole outlook on life, end quote. Seeing a black version of Ariel would have changed my whole outlook on life. The singer takes on the role of the Little Mermaid in Disney's latest live-action remake. Okay, but if we go to now, this this article from NBC News came out September twenty second, twenty twenty two. Okay, so that was um, uh, Thursday, September twenty second. Okay, I want to go to the the piece here from the Independent first because um, let me see. Uh, there's, there's an independent do first? Uh, the little actually, you know, we'll go to the one from NBC News first because I have it up. Uh, let's look at this here. So, uh, um, Hallie knows the worth of her role in the upcoming Little Mermaid adaptation during a Q and A session posted to a Tube account. The singer touched on the impact of her upcoming role as Ariel in Disney's live action remake of the 1989 animated classic, okay? Now when asked um, about the most significant lessons she learned while on set, Bailey expressed that uh, self-belief played a big factor. She expressed that self-belief uh, played a big factor. Uh, she also described the strenuous process involved in stepping into the shoes or fin, if of a beloved character who eventually learns how to walk and use her voice. Now, according to Bailey, uh, she trained for three months. Uh, she trained for three months while she trained for three months to build up her strength so she could act and sing while suspended in midair and while submerged underwater. She said, I dedicated so much time, blood, sweat, and tears, uh, went into uh, this work for this film, she explained. In the process, I learned so much about myself. Now, still in the weeks following the release of the Little Mermaid trailer, uh, Halle Bailey uh, and the creators of the film received a wave of backlash in regards to her race on social media to her being african-american on social media okay um now keep in mind the little mermaid the original movie was a cartoon it was a white mermaid cartoon original it is fictitious people it was a cartoon the the character in the original animated film the titular character the main character was a white mermaid with red hair now bailey is african-american a factor that proved exciting and invigorating for young, for the young audience of Disney animated films. And their their videos, young African American girls, uh, in the videos on TikTok, three, four, five years old, reacting to seeing the trailer, and they're happy to see uh, a black mermaid, okay? Uh, But everybody's not happy, okay? Everybody's not happy. Uh, You have this story here also from uh, NBC News. Let's go to this one here. Just a second. This one deals with parents uh, posting on TikTok. Okay, parents are posting TikTok videos of their black daughters getting excited about uh, Halle Bailey in, in the Little Mermaid trailer. The touching responses came after a slew of backlash directed at Bailey and Disney for casting a black lead. So a lot of this also ties into, once again, the fear of the Browning of America, the fear of the Browning of America, and the fear that by the year 2023, 2043, I should say, by the year 2043, uh the US will no longer be a majority white country. Okay? And and Europeans will no longer be the majority population in uh, the country. Um, so, and you have not all white people don't fear this, but, uh, you have a lot to do. Okay. you have this piece here from, uh, the daily beast, the racist backlash to Halle Bailey's, the little mermaid is out of control. All right. Uh, and here's a picture of her, uh, once again, uh, as the little mermaid, let's go over to this here. Let's flip over just a second. All right. Um, OK, so here's a picture up here. This is a live action movie. All right. Now, in this it, this piece from the Daily Beast from September 12th, 2022, by Allegra, uh, Allegra Frank. OK, uh, it says over the weekend, Disney released. The first teaser for its upcoming live action take on The Little Mermaid. The brief clip is relatively light on actual footage, but it does give us the goods. Uh, and it shows an African-American Ariel singing the iconic, ball- I- iconic ballad Part of Your World, okay? I haven't heard the whole song. I, I, I've never seen a Little Mermaid movie. I don't know the plot of it. I don't know. I, I need to research it. Don't know the storyline. Never seen it, okay? Haven't wanted to see it, uh, be honest with you. Um, but, you know... I don't know if I'm going to see it uh, with uh, an African-American mermaid either, to be honest with you, but just seeing the image of a black mermaid can be inspiring for a lot of our children. Okay. Not necessarily the storyline of the movie, but just seeing an image of a black mermaid. Now uh, it goes on to say, Bailey looks and sounds great as she puts a little vocal trio on the second to last verse and rocks that familiar red mane. Sure, there's not much else going on here, just the camera tracking underwater following Ariel as she swims through the caves and uh, growth population in the kingdom of Atlantica, at, at Atlantica, okay? But it's a perfectly sufficient glimpse at director Rob Marshall's adaptation of the classic. Okay, so, um, but since, Announced that Bailey was playing Ariel in 2019. There has been no shortage of backlash. Much of it is tinged with racism, of course. Now, Bailey is African-American. Ariel, a fictional animated character, appears to be white in the 1989 animated film. Despite the utter irrelevance of Ariel's skin color, she's a mermaid. Okay. Um, So... Okay, we'll continue this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 a.m. The Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, October 2nd, 2022. And we are live. The call in number is 313 778 7600 313 778 7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. Um, we, right before the break, we were talking about the backlash uh, to the live action movie, The Little Mermaid, that's coming out in uh, 2023. And the uh, new Little Mermaid is going to be African-American, and some people don't like that. Now, there's an a, a article from Vox.com, which also ties into uh, an African-American character in The Lord of the Rings as well. Uh, or character of African descent in the Lord of the Rings. More science fiction, okay, more science fiction. Um, the racist backlash to the Little Mermaid and Lord of the Rings is exhausting and extremely predictable, is exhausting and extremely predictable. Lord of the Rings and the Little Mermaid are just the latest targets uh, of racist fans. Now, th- th- this is a piece from Aja Romano, September 17th, 2022. Once again, here is uh, Halle uh, Bailey as uh, The Little Mermaid. Okay. Uh, and it, the article says, two new adaptations of The Lord of the Rings and The Little Mermaid are prompting deep outrage and, in- and indignation among fans who are arguing that the project's increased diversity has weakened their faithfulness to the original story. Now, also, remember, there was backlash to John Boyega, uh, his character in the Star Wars franchise, okay? Like, you didn't have Lando Calrissian, Billy D. Williams, okay, in, in the 80s, like in Empire Strikes Back. So there was backlash to uh, an African-American character. There was also an Asian-American character in one of the later Star Wars movies. There was backlash to that as well. Um, And what's interesting is that um, African people were the first people on the face of the earth, and we circumnavigated the globe, okay? When you watch Star Wars, uh, I think some people are confused uh, about Star Wars. All right. And the reason why I say that is because when you and I saw Star Wars when it originally came out in 1977, I saw it in the theater when it originally came out. When you watch Star Wars, when it shows the uh, the, the synopsis and is scrolling uh, up the screen, right? It tells you in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. See, with Star Wars, people think they're looking at the future, but they're really looking at the past. And the original people on the face of the earth were African people, so you shouldn't be surprised that you see African people in the past, even in other galaxies. You shouldn't be surprised, but, you know, you're dealing with white supremacy and racism. So if we look at at this article here, Go back to this article from Fox.com. Now, detractors of Amazon's new Lord of the Rings series, which I don't watch, I don't. A lot of this science fiction, a lot of this stuff, Lord of the Rings and and uh, what was that the uh, Game of Thrones, all that. I don't, I don't have time to watch stuff like that. The closest I come to fiction like that is is uh, Godfather of Harlem. Okay, <laughs> and this and that. And that's based, it starts out in 1963 in Harlem and it deals with some real life people. Okay. I don't, all the science fiction and sorcerers and stuff. I don't have time for that. But anyway, detractors of Amazon's new Lord of the Rings, Link Rings series, which debuted uh, this month in September, 20, September, 2022, claimed that casting black and Asian actors undermines the show's faithfulness to uh, Tolkien's world. T-O-L-K-I-N apostrophe S. Now, meanwhile, some ostensible fans of Disney's animated Little Mermaid are rejecting the new live-action version for swapping out the main character, uh, uh, the main character Mermaid's uh, famous blue eyes and red hair for the features of African-American actress uh, Halle Bailey. Uh, The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, first drew widespread anger from fans because he cast black and asian actors as characters across the across across the spectrum of fictional middle earth races. Now fans chief complaint was that the decision to include non-white characters had ruined the authenticity of Tolkien's world because he had never described his elves, hobbits, men and the war and, and dwarfs as anything other than white people is is make-believe it's science fiction it's not real get over it i mean c- come <laughs> you know it's it, it, some people have some people have way too much time on their hands then last week now this is in mid um uh, around mid-september 2022 okay then last week, um, then last week, Disney released the first trailer for the Little Mermaid. Okay, now thousands and and and, and uh, Halle Bailey was singing "Part of Your World," which is the famous song from a Little Mermaid, and I've never heard the whole song before. Okay, I'm just just telling you. All right, now thousands of YouTube users brigaded, uh, leaving more than two million dislikes on the trailer more than two million dislikes on the trailer and countless derogatory comments on the trailer and creating memes ridiculing the film for casting bailey and mocking all of its supporters so these just these white supremacists lost their minds okay donald trump lost the election and white supremacists lost their minds To to anyone who's paid any attention to geek culture over the past decade or so, and I haven't, these arguments probably feel endless and exhausting. After all, this is the same cycle of backlash that plays out when any beloved story gets rebooted or in the case of Tolkien's uh, the Somalian, S-I-L-M-A, R-I-L-L-I-O-N. Okay, I don't know what that is. I know what Wakanda is. I know what vibranium is. This stuff, Lord of the Rings, I had no idea what the hell this stuff is. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, I deal with I deal with some science fiction and Afrofuturism dealing with Black Panther. Because, <laughs> oh, I'll be in the theater November 11th for Black Panther. This stuff here, I don't know what this is. Now, uh, but it was adapted to film for the first time and makes... Any changes big or small. Now the anger intens- intensifies to a new level when there are big changes that shake the foundations of a story that was originally framed within a white male word, world worldview. That was originally framed in a white male worldview. So once again, this is certain people feeling like they're losing power, and their ability to define and shape reality that other people see is being challenged. Okay, most of the stories that have been passed down to us throughout the centuries have been created for us by white men. They're absolutely correct, okay? Uh, so read the, rest, read the rest of this article here. Uh, this is from Vox.com, The Racist Backlash to the Little Mermaid and Lord of the Rings is exhausting and extremely predictable. Okay, we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to clip number one, uh, Giovanni from Roland Martin Unfiltered. Okay, and uh, we're gonna start that at the uh, two twenty nine mark. Let's go to uh, clip number one, please. Uh, uh, we talked about the Little Mermaid on uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered.
1: With the positive news, there is negative. Here are some of the folks that are upset that Disney cast a black woman to play a mermaid. We have Kaiser, who says, The Little Mermaid is a traditional Danish tale. 100% European culture. Stop stealing others, like Pinocchio Italian, Lord of the Rings British. Even Game of Thrones is based on European In fact, 98% of Disney classics are stolen European stories. (laughs) This is so stupid. Uh, Anyway, so Matt Walsh says it isn't scientific to have a black mermaid.
2: All right, Max Winter says, A black actor playing the Little Mermaid really is a case of white erasure. All forms of art, including fairy tales, are meant to be reflections of the author's experiences and observations. Hans Christian Andersen probably based The Little Mermaid, based on experiences he went through in his home country of Denmark. So it makes sense that most of his characters would be white, since that's the world and the people he was surrounded by. Yeah, I'm given the way that we deal with these sorts of issues, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. Now, I would be fine, like we talked about yesterday. We don't have to rehash the entire thing. But if we all agreed that race in, in films and TV shows, especially fictional stories, don't matter... And we're going to take a kind of colorblind casting approach. And, uh, you know, it just it it, it doesn't matter as long as the actor is good. If we could all agree on that, then I'd be on board. And as I said, that's basically what it was for many years, what it was back in the 90s. But what I cannot abide by is the double standard thing where we say, well, race, the race, the casting, uh, the race of in, in casting matters only for certain races and not for others. That that no, no, we're not doing that. Also, by the way, with the Little Mermaid, can can we also just mention that from a a scientific perspective, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have someone with darker skin who lives deep in the ocean. I mean, if anything, I mean, not only should the Little Mermaid be pale, she should actually be translucent. If you look at deep sea creatures, they're like translucent. They have no kind of pigmentation whatsoever. And they're just like these horrifying, they look like skeletons floating around in the ocean. That's what the Little Mermaid should look like. She should be totally pale where and skeletal where you can see her skull through her face. And that would actually be a version of Little Mermaid that I would watch.
1: That's 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 embarrassing. I bet it is,
3: freak. I bet it is freak. I mean look Girl in the bottom of the ocean. I bet he would watch that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if we're being scientific, didn't y'all come out the Caucasus Mountain? Or oh, no, no, y'all y'all ain't from the ocean too. Last I checked. Okay.
3: Look, but the Danes were trying to figure out still trying to figure out how to cook food <laughs> when uh, Yimmya and Oshun were coming out the ocean and, and the river. So let's be clear. You don't. And, and I like what Mike Harriet said. He said mermaids are by definition biracial. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but 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 let's be clear. We ain't got no dog in this fight. Y'all remember Blazing Saddles when Cleveland Little showed up in town and it was like, the sheriff is near, the sheriff is near. Then he got close and they saw he was black. The sheriff is a... <laughs> 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 when she came up out there water, I'm like, y'all should just make this a satire. <laughs> cause I ain't got a... Disney is trying to make all the money in the world. They got a Muslim Miss Marvel mm-hmm. from the comic books from Pakistan. They got they're gonna make Namor the Submariner Latinx. When everybody mm-hmm. reads the comics, he is white as the sheet. Shang Chi mm-hmm. is Chinese. His Shuri may be the Black Panther, may not be the Black Panther. And they're gonna put this Israeli girl in the new Captain America and is setting off bells over there with the Palestinians. Disney trying to make that cash. The reason that girl is black. Is cause they see the demographic and the most and the most important words to be heard is when these children said, "I can't wait to go."
1: Oh yeah, that,
4: right.
3: <laughs> yeah. That, that's all Disney care about. So you know, woo, well, the mermaid I mean, is here.
1: <laughs> I, I get the anti-capitalism aspect of it, but as a mother of an 18 month old, almost 18 month old, I have to tell you, when there's this little show on Disney called Eureka. And it's a little, it's a brown girl in prehistoric times, and she has purple kind of, you know, hair, it's, and it's really funky, and Ava just goes apeshit every time it comes on. I mean, she's, like, really? looking at me, and she's like, hey, she starts dancing and swinging around, and, I mean, it brings yeah. so much joy to her. It to, doesn't scare you, Greasy? How, I used to have my
3: godson in the back seat, and every time Barney come on, he go into a trance. I don't let no (laughs) kids watch anything that these corporate people program, because it's like, wait a minute, how the hell
1: you're a child? I don't trust. Well, listen, uh, there's probably as much crack in Disney stuff as Beyonce has in her Renaissance album, so we're all in the same boat of being transfixed with things.
0: Welcome back to the African History Network show, right here on nine ten AM Superstation. All right. Uh, we're going to go back to this clip here in just a second. Uh, Giovanni, we're going to start that clip at the five minute mark. Okay. Uh, from, uh, Roland Martin unfiltered. And I want to, um, remind you all, you can still register for the online history classes that, uh, I teach on, uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, we have, uh, new classes that started up. In uh, September, okay. Uh, on Tuesdays, I teach from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And uh, on Thursdays, I teach uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach you in school. Visit our new website, the African History Network.com, the African History Network.com. And uh, we have the information right on the homepage of the website. Classes are on sale, $80, regularly $130. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. Uh, You can go back and watch it anytime. Uh, So our next class is Thursday, uh, October 6th, uh, 2022, uh, 7 p.m. Okay. So if you miss it, it's not a problem. Uh, all the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it any time. So a year from now, two years from now, you'll still have access to the full class. All right. Uh, I want to go back to this clip here. Now, this is from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered from Thursday, September 15th. Uh, normally, I'm on, on Fridays. The panel is on on Fridays for the past two years. But, um, we, uh, they didn't do a show Friday, I think it was. So, uh, I ended up being on Thursday. We were talking about the, uh, backlash, the new, uh, little mermaid live action, uh, movie is getting and, uh, it's coming out in 2023. You would think the movie is out now as much backlash as it's getting. Uh, and the, uh, new mermaid is, uh, af- is African American and this is, uh, really infuriating. Uh, a lot of uh, Europeans, a lot of white people. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna pick this up at the five minute mark. Uh, that clip from Rolling Martin and the Filter. Let's go back to this clip. Uh, Giovanni.
1: So you know, I mean, for me, I just part of part of the fun of it is starting to be how just completely unhinged these people are about it. Like, I didn't have interest in the Game of Thrones prequel. I've not watched Game of Thrones. But now I'm like, well, let me check it out because this black guy is pissing them off or the Lord of the Rings thing they have going on. They're mad about the black people like these are not real characters. Y'all already don't see black people as human anyway. So it should be less of a stretch to see black people play well, a half mermaid, half whatever.
5: Well, yeah,
0: we, you know, with the Lord of the Rings and these other fictitious um, science fiction, things like this. First of all, they act like they never heard of the African Moors that all went all throughout Europe intermix into the uh, European population and changed the complexion of many Europeans, uh, number one. <laughs> number two, um, I remember back in 2015 on the uh, History Channel, they had a series called Barbarians Rising, and it dealt with like 700 years of invasions of the Roman Empire. And the first episode dealt with Hannibal Barker, uh, Hannibal of Carthage, and the Carthaginians, and the Punic Wars, and they portrayed Hannibal as an African, which he was. They, these the Carthaginians, descendants of the Phoenicians, and some white people lost their minds. Mm-hmm. And he, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a brother. Like you had to look there and look at him for five minutes and listen to the tonality of his voice to determine if he was African descent. No, no, Nicholas Pinock, you can look at that brother. That's a brother right there mm-hmm. with a thick black beard. Okay, so. They, they, they were correct. A lot of white people lost their minds. You know, th- this ties into white fear. This ties into Rowland's book. Yeah. They're seeing these demographic changes here in the country. And not all white people, but these, these people that voted for Trump, they see these demographic changes in, in the country and they can't handle it. And then they, they go to their escape. They go to their escape, which is science fiction. They go to their escape, which is a Disney movie, and then Negroes in the Disney movie. <laughs> they, they're gonna, they're going they're, they're gonna have, they're gonna have a Andy Griffith marathon because there's no black people in Mayberry. <laughs> they, they, they keep trying to go to their escapes, right? And we keep popping up. So, uh, and then you look at the, the YouTube, the, uh, the the trailer on YouTube has 1.5 million dislikes. Things like mm. this. So a lot of these people have um have just totally
3: lost their minds. You know, they just totally lost their mind. So, look at uh, her, right? I'm sorry. Look, huh? look at it though. They're gonna make that money up in the Spanish market. Disney is global. This movie, these right. hillbillies in the United States ain't gonna stop this train. They're gonna make that money up in Latin America. Oh yeah, they're gonna make
0: it. African Americans <laughs> go see. It. And I understand. My daughter's five years old. You know, and I I watched watch the whole thing um, uh, of the little girl's reaction to it. I'm glad I saw it before here because it brought tears to my eyes. Here, my daughter's five years old. Mm-hmm. Right. My daughter loves Paw Patrol, she likes Sesame Street, she likes Doc stuff, things things like this. So um we need to flip we need to flip flip this and like do lectures dealing with like the origins of the mermaids and where all this stuff comes from, things mm-hmm. like this as well. But this is um um, you know, just the reaction from many Europeans is just it's you know, you don't have anything better to do no.
1: than, than this. No, that,
0: The attack, Haley Bailey, you don't have anything better to do than this? You know, so.
1: And I have to say, Haley Bailey, I met her at the VP's residence and she, for Juneteenth, and she's so just she's like a mermaid in person. Like she's just so mm-hmm. lovely and sweet. And she has this just really divine voice and this great energy. So I love that for her. I love that for little black girls and, right. and everybody. And, you know, I'll I'm, I'm be honest. I don't let my kid watch like the super white cartoons, like Coco Melon. I'm like, oh, it's, everybody got green eyes, blue eyes. Everybody's super white. I'm like, where are the black cartoons so she watches you know motown magic she watched i let her watch the animals so she does word party other kind of stuff <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy that there are a lot of shows for her to watch is don't judge me or you can't i don't it, care but i know a lot of people don't like the kids watching tv but
3: i would because i mean somebody got to tell our stories that we have i mean disney is not for us disney I'm right. make money. no so i mean I understand they for the African film market because at some point when, when we get our act together the American Negro going to be sitting somewhere with our $5 in our hand talking about Whoa. Mm-hmm. anyway yeah. well that's I mean, true sure. African market, things like that but
0: but what what, what I think I, also it's important for us to do and you may want to weigh in this Greg if we have time oh, the, they, these white supremacists are largely attacking this African American woman
1: mm-hmm
0: Hated on, the no question. Th- that, that's what I'm saying. So I don't want that to be lost. Yeah. In, in this whole Disney movie. Mm-hmm. OK, because she talked about uh, I was reading an article from uh, Screen Rant where she talked about uh, her grandmother, her grandparents encouraging her. I think it was her grandparents encouraging her in, in dealing with these white supremacists and these these attacks on social media, things like that. So that's a layer that I don't want to be lost in the white capitalism, the corporations, and, in, in, you know, things like this. I don't know what to
3: tell you.
1: Dr. Carr is like, hey, that's a deciding of
3: I don't know. what to, At some point, we're going to have to make some decisions or some decisions are going to be made for right. us. So this diversity, equity, inclusion approach to liberation, of course, is a complete and utter dead end. So, yes, she should be defended. We have to deal with right, that. That's but what I'm saying. That's what I'm but, saying. But, but, right. but, but let's, let's be very clear. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, Recy, if you have power, use it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we shouldn't be the ones defending her. Disney needs to have all the smoke for every white supremacist that they have uh, uh, contributed to their political campaign. Yeah. That they have emboldened. In other words, this is not our fight. This is Disney fight. Because Disney get ready to pimp the black community for another $2 billion, like they did Black Panther. So if you, if, when these white boys come for her, it don't need to be us. Yeah, we should say, but it need to be Disney. And Disney's not going to do that. Why? Because Disney don't give a damn about her either. This is, all, you know what I'm saying? I mean, so I don't know. I, I don't really don't have an answer other than you got to have your own stuff. We may, make our own documentary, and we've done this. Right. We've done this.
0: Right.
1: But I mean, going back to
0: Oscar Micheaux, going back in yeah, the early 1900s.
1: But yep. <laughs> at the same time, we
0: had race movies when we had race movies.
1: Well, we got go ahead, Gracie's go Corner on YouTube. We got our own Gracie's stuff. Corner. But guess what? Uh-huh. Disney. When it comes to a kid and cartoons. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm 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 Team Disney on that. When I know Doctor call you can drag me, I, I'm, but I, I am I'm, Team Disney. <laughs> Doctor Nichols, I'm, you're shaking your head. Go ahead, go ahead. What you got? Yeah,
4: uh, let me get let me get a word in. But, you oh, know, um, I, you know, I have I have a three year old myself, and I understand my my three year old loves Peppa Pig. So you know, he's <laughs> sitting around here walking around talking like a British person. Um, <laughs> so. I, I will say this, um, I think it's important, and and this was kind of stated, but I think it's important for us to make cartoons for our kids.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. You better believe
4: mm-hmm. right. Matt Walsh, who you just showed, who I think was trying to be funny with that whole translucent thing, but he's not funny. No. Uh, but at any rate, Matt Walsh works for the Daily Wire. The mm-hmm. Daily Wire mm-hmm. white the out of political content and get into cultural stuff. They want to make movies. They want to make cartoons, because they realize that some Black kid, probably too, is going to be looking and see a cartoon that engages them, but is secretly giving them political messages. Mm -hmm. It hurt my heart, one of the things that hurt my heart so much about, you know, I don't even like saying his name, but uh, a guy from Philadelphia. who, you know, he made Fat Albert. And that was so important for kids my age. That was so important for us to see a bunch of black kids who lived in urban communities and how how great that was. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, conversely, I remember as a kid, when I was young, you saw He-Man and it was, and this is what tripped me out. My boy pointed this out to me. He's, here you have this white, blonde-haired, muscular guy, and he's the master of the universe. I was like,
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> hide it from us, you know what I mean? And then, you know, of course, GI Joe was trying to get us all to join the military. So again, they're sending a, they're sending our children messages through this kind of stuff, and it's cool when you have a Doc McStuffins. And it's, you know, The Little Mermaid, I think some of that story, just like Beauty and the Beast, I wouldn't let my daughter see it because I think it, you know, tells them it's okay, deal with somebody's abuse. You know, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't let them see it. I think it I think it sends the wrong message to little girls um, that you just be patient with somebody while they abuse you. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's important for us to make the kinds of stories we want to see instead of advocating and saying, hey, big capitalist white company, please make, you know, please show me, please take the same recycled story that we've seen a hundred million times and do it over again, rather than when we've got so many great black children's authors who could, you know, their stories could be made into cartoons. And you can't even tell me that you need a big corporation. My kids, used to watch this guy named Blippy. I don't know if you've yeah, ever seen him. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Absolutely. And, and he, he's a random dude who was <laughs> going nowhere with his life, and he just put on a colored hat and started playing with toys outside his apartment in the dirt and filmed it. And now he's worth tw- he makes $20 million a year making children's <laughs> content. He doesn't even like kids. He said it in an interview. He's like, I don't even like kids. Wow. But he has been able to monetize this, and kids can't take their eyes off of him. And now he's got a a cartoon, he's got his live-action stuff, and I think we can do the same things. Um, Just like the stuff Roland is doing, I'll give props to Roland for a second. You know, the stuff Roland's doing by trying to, uh, I read he was uh, promoting HBCU sports and, and all of that going into sports content. You know, I want him to hire me because I have the best sports commentary in the world. Um, (laughs) I'm always right. (laughs) But I was, you know, I think that we need to expand into children's material because guess what? That's when they're trying to get our kids when they're young Mm -hmm. and give them subtle messages, you know, uh, about what they want from us. Yes, right. turn
3: Turn mommy water loose. Let them Negroes right. from the Caribbean and West Africa. Like, ain't no mermaids in the uh, African women been in the water since the beginning of the water. And that's a whole mm-hmm. different story. That whole weak woman, princess, uh, that's how you end up with Queen Elizabeth uh, is right. dead and the star of Africa in her scepter, the largest diamond in the world. In it's other words, Africa. that whole women mm-hmm. are weak. The whole cultural model is anti-human. It, it's not even good for white people. So, nah, you're right. I agree with you, Doc. I don't know about letting any children... Look at this—this patriarchal stuff. The Little Mermaid. (laughs) So.
0: (laughs) And just very quickly, when when you when you look at the origin of a lot of these stories we tell our children, Cinderella, Snow White, King Midas, Rumpelstiltskin, things like this—they originate in England. Okay, so they orientate our children to kings and queens and 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 Europeans
3: being in power,
5: Europeans being in control.
3: And to murder Humpty Dumpty and uh, Humpty Dumpty is about a plot against the king. Rockabye Baby is about killing the next heir. In the treetop, Mm -hmm. the baby, down will come cradle baby and all. In other words, these people talking about murder, and it's all in their children's stories. 910 AM Superstation, a division of Adele Media. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 910 AM Superstation or Adele Media. We got the topics. I'm your host Brother the Michael
0: and Hotel. Now we'll deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show with the recurring events of history and much, much more. We're going to give you an update on what's going on. This is about self-preservation.
3: We have to extinguish the fire of white supremacy. See let's just have consequences. Catch it all right here on 910 AM Superstation.
0: Uh, Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right. Uh we had some technical difficulties before the break. Um I want to go to this second clip here in just a second. Um, this is dealing with, we were talking about the Little Mermaid, uh, on Roland Martin and filtered, and we were also talking about Lord of the Rings. And then we got into a discussion dealing with, um, the, uh, Greg car Dr. Greg Carr, Now we got into a discussion also dealing with the, um, a lot of the children's stories like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Jack and the Beanstalk, things like this, uh, Cinderella. These are stories that come from England. And a lot of these stories had a very, a lot of these stories had a very violent nature to them. And the violent nature was toned down, um, uh, was toned down so it could be told really as children's stories. And then those stories were brought here because, you know, the 13 colonies, these were English colonies. Then they were brought here and we continue to teach these stories to our children. We had that discussion as well. OK, so I want to go back to this uh, a segment from September 15, 2022, Roland Martin and Filter. Let's go back to this clip, please. Giovanni. Thank you. So no. and just very quickly, when, when you when you look at the origin of a lot of these stories, we tell our children, Cinderella, Snow White, King Midas, Rumpelstiltskin, things like this. They originate in England. OK, so right. they orientate our children to kings right. and queens and
3: and, you're, and, Europeans, and, being and power, Europeans being in power, Europeans being in control murder, and to murder. Humpty huh? Dumpty, and, and uh, Humpty Humpty dumpty is Martin. about a plot against the king. Rockabye Baby right. is about killing the next heir. In the treetop, the baby, down will come cradle baby and all. In other words, these people talking about murder, and it's all in their children's stories. And of Ooh, course, when you
0: was children's stories oh, had a violent no, that's, nature that's to not, them, and they the were toned down. Not, no, you, and, just then, just and then, you then you they, were down, down. they were t- they brought here, and then they were toned down and fed to the children, but we feed it to our children.
1: You know, I needed another mom on this panel with me because I'm outnumbered here. I'm the only one. <laughs> no, we're not beating up on you. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I got. I, I, listen. I, I, I guess I'm the unserious one because I can't wait for this, and I love Hallie. But let me close it out with this tweet, which I thought was hilarious. It says, "So after all the Africans y'all threw in the ocean, y'all surprised a mermaid is black."
4: Listen. <laughs> Incredible! Come I saw on.
1: that one. <laughs> Come on, we got to keep the same energy, y'all. Y'all want to what? What we doing? What we?
0: Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right, uh, right here on nine ten on the Superstation. Okay, uh, right before the break, we uh, was uh, we were listening to this clip here from uh, when I was on Roller Martin Unfiltered from Thursday, September fifteenth, twenty twenty two we were discussing a little mermaid. We talked about um, an African-American character in Lord of the Rings. And um, then we started talking about um, how a lot of children's stories that we teach our children, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Cinderella, um, Jack and the Beanstalk, Fee-fi-fo-fum, I Smell the Blood of an Englishman, things like this come from England. And they they orientate our children toward um, European culture, toward Europeans being in power, toward Europeans being rulers, kings and queens and things like this. They orientate them towards that at a very young age. And how a lot of these um, stories have a very violent nature to them. And that violent nature was toned down to really be taught to children, especially when these Anglos and Saxons who are two groups of Germanic people, the Anglos and Saxons in, in England is named after the Anglos. When they come to this land and start setting up colonies, starting with Virginia in 1607, they bring those stories here. And then African-Americans learn those stories and then we teach them to our children. So that um, was a really, really good segment. From uh Roland Martin and Filter. Now, I I want to go to I saw some articles dealing with this before. Then we're gonna talk about Mommy Wata, who was the original mermaid, Mommy Wata, okay, coming out of African mythology. So this article here from um list25.com, list25.com is 25 dark and disturbing original versions. Of children's fairy tales, 25 dark and disturbing original versions of children's fairy tales. And it deals with what Dr. Greg Carr and I were just talking about. Okay. Uh, how a lot of these stories had a very violent nature to them. And if we look at now, this is from November 12, 2021. And it says, um, these stories aren't your happy it, happy endings, but rather sometimes gruesome and shocking tales. Fairy tales used to be uh, fairy tales used to be stories aimed at both adult and child alike, and the grown up themes they portray is good evidence of that. The grown up themes they portray is good evidence of that. We dug deep with this list to find where our common stories, where our common come from, and what the original dark, very dark stories really were. And there's a few different articles. I, I was researching this some years ago. That's how I know about it. Okay, um, and I read uh, a few articles a few years ago dealing with this. So this is how I knew you know about this in some of the history of these stories, so they go through and and, and deal with different stories uh, first they deal with sleep and beauty italian Gian uh uh gia battista uh, basile's uh or g battista basile's version of sleep and beauty is really dark the king who finds the girl rapes her while she's asleep she later On gives birth while asleep and is is awoken or awakened only because one of the kids um, sucks out a splinter under her finger which was keeping her asleep. The king later kills his wife who tried to get uh, him to unknowingly eat the children to be with Sleeping Beauty. This is the original Sleeping Beauty before it was toned down and the violence was toned down in it. Then you have Pinocchio, okay? So the original Pinocchio story, wasn't the nice little story, the cartoon and the cricket and Geppetto and Pinocchio, the original story. In Carl Collodi's, C-O-L-L-O-D-I, Collodi's original version, once Geppetto carves Pinocchio, the marionette runs away. The wooden boy Pinocchio runs away. He's caught by the police who assume Geppetto uh, abused him and they imprison the puppet maker Geppetto. Uh, Pinocchio goes back to Geppetto's house that night and accidentally kills the wise talking cricket. He later gets hung from a tree and suffocates. So when you go study these stories that we teach our children that come from Europeans, they many of them have a very violent nature to them. And that nature is toned down, but a lot of European cultural residue is still there. Okay, they talk about Peter Pan uh, as well. Then they talk about the uh, uh, the Three Little Pigs. Okay, uh, some versions of this English tale, English tail have the wolf eating the first and second piggies after he blows their weak straw and stick houses down then they have the little mermaid they talk about the little mermaid also okay um hans christian anderson hans christian anderson and when i was a kid we you know we read we uh, you know we didn't know any better and a lot of our parents didn't know it any, any better none of our parents meant well A lot of them didn't know any better, so we read Hans Christian Andersen and we read Hansel and Gretel. We were all little white, all the little white stories they taught us in kindergarten and first grade, all that stuff, all that indoctrination. Okay, Hans Christian Andersen's original story has the newly legged mermaid walking but in excruciating pain with every step. If the prince married someone else she would die and turn into sea foam. Spoiler alert, the prince married another. In an attempt to save their kin, the mermaid's sister traded their hair for a dagger from the sea witch. If the mermaid killed the prince with it and drips his blood onto her feet, she would return to being a mermaid, okay? And she did did not kill him. Okay, this is in the original uh, Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen. So they go through, they talk about Aladdin, they talk about the ugly duckling, things like this, okay? The frog and the prince. Um, uh, they do with that, Alice in Wonderland. There was just an Alice in Wonderland uh, quest uh, in downtown Detroit. I saw it, all these people uh Most of them were not African-American dressed up as characters from Alice in Wonderland. I'm like, what the hell is this? I said, it's too early for Halloween. Lewis Carroll was the person who created Alice in Wonderland. Lewis Carroll's version is odd throughout, including Alice finding a caterpillar smoking a hookah on a mushroom, as well as her leaving the tea party ticked off at all the riddles and calling it the stupidest tea party she ever attended. Uh, Then you have Beauty and the Beast. Okay, now Jean Marie Le Prince, or Jean Marie, Jean Marie Le Prince, Beaumont's Beauty and the Beast features Belle's poor father first finding the mysterious castle and plucking a rose for his daughter. The Beast emerges angry that after the food and drink he consumed, he also takes the rose. The beast allows him to take it if he returns, but Belle forces the story out of, out of her father and goes to the castle. She stays there, and the beast continuously asks her to marry him. She keeps saying no until she finds him nearly dead from heartbreak, her tears over his body finally turned him into a prince. I never saw the beauty in the beast. Then we get to Cinderella. Now, all of us saw Cinderella. I, you know, I we saw Cinderella when we were kids, and I had the the book of all the Walt Disney, of uh, the all the popular Walt Disney stories. And Brothers Grimm Virgin, the Brothers Grimm, this is who created Cinderella. Most of these people, we don't know none of these people, right? This is just fair to us. And Brothers Grimm Virgin version, Cinderella's eldest sister in an attempt to fit into the glass, the glass shoe, uh, golden, in this the golden slipper in the story, cuts off her toes, cuts off her toes. This is in the original story of Cinderella. The second sister cuts off her heel, the heel of her foot, not the shoe, the heel of her foot. In both cases, two doves sent by cinderella's dead mother alert the prince of the sister's blood in the slippers though cinderella was finally found to be the true owner of the slipper during her wedding to the prince the doves return and poke her older sister's eyes out These is these are the original stories coming out of european culture uh-huh we'll deal with this on the other side of the break and then we'll talk about mommy wata who was the original mermaid, and she was African. You listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. we'll be back in a few minutes.
5: Greetings, welcome to the 2022 Black Solidarity Cooperative Conference hosted by Repair Nations. We're looking to bring an all virtual conference to you this year with different cooperative actions happening around the African diaspora. This is a theme conference, and the theme is I versus we, how to repair a nation. Around the theme, we're looking to offer an education around travel around the African diaspora, How to fund your cooperative, and also how to get into a collective versus an individual mindset of working together. This conference will be hosted on Saturday, October the 8th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we're looking for a $5 to $20 suggested donation, but no donation is required to come in. Please come out and support us on this day as we're bringing together different cooperatives and collectives with education. And we hope to see you at the 2022 Cooperative Solidarity Conference with Repair Nations.
0: Hello, African History Network family. You've put it off for way too long. Now it's time to act for your family, your future, and the next generation. Get life insurance for that peace of mind and security for you and your loved ones. Build your financial foundations starting today. Your independent agent at Fortify Trust Life Brokers with over a dozen strong a rated life insurance companies to offer you the life protection you need when it comes to final expense term life whole life mortgage protection annuities and more they're currently licensed in alabama georgia and south carolina don't let a pre-existing health condition hinder you from getting life insurance you can get the affordable coverage you need today Life insurance is only the beginning. Email them at Fortify Trust Life for a free fact sheet explaining the five basic building blocks for a strong financial foundation. It's their gift to you to help you fortify your future. Email them at FortifyTL828 at Yahoo.com or call them at 706 339 5096 and leave a message fortify your future today welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM the superstation uh the future radio okay I want to uh before we go back before we go to the story dealing with mommy wata um I want to let you know that the repaired nation's uh fourth annual conference is coming up saturday october 8th and i will be uh, one of the presenters uh, at the conference this is a virtual conference taking place saturday october 8th let's go to uh let's go to clip number four uh giovanni
4: greetings
5: welcome to the 2022 black solidarity cooperative conference hosted by repair nations we're looking to bring an all virtual conference to you this year with different cooperative action happening around the African diaspora this is a theme conference and the theme is I versus We, how to repair a nation. Around the theme, we're looking to offer an education around travel around the African diaspora, how to fund your cooperative, and also how to get into a collective versus an individual mindset of working together. This conference will be hosted on Saturday, October to 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we're looking for a five to twenty dollar suggested donation, but no de- donations required to come in. Please come out and support us on this day after bring together different cooperatives and collectives for education. And we hope to see you at the 2022 Cooperative Solidarity Conference with Repair Nations.
0: All right, so uh visit RepairNations.org, repaired R-E-P-A-I-R-D org for more information I will be speaking uh, I'm doing a presentation dealing with some of the history of cooperative economics and some of the um, uh, different types of co-ops that we've had throughout history going back to the free the African Society in and seven association and the different types of um, uh, co co-op, uh, cooperatives that we've had throughout history uh, and this is uh, even though we've largely been taught about white capitalism, when we study our history, the way that we really gained as a collective, the way we really gained any type of economic uh, power, especially going, uh, go, we look at the 1700s, we look at the 1800s, things like this, is through the co-ops, it's through the cooperatives. So visit repairednations.org to register for the conference. It's Saturday, October 8th. Uh, is 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're Eastern Standard Time, so it's going to be 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, okay? Because they're out in California. Uh, also visit theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. We're going to have all the information on our website as well, and the link to their website also, okay? So, uh, suggested donation of between five to twenty dollars. But if you can't make a donation, you can still join it's a virtual conference you can still join the virtual virtual conference let your friends know about it also okay um I want to go to uh, this article here from um uh, face to faceafrica dot com face to dot com this deals with uh mommy wata mommy wata the most celebrated mermaid like deity from uh Africa who crossed over to the West. Mami Wata. This is is who Dr. Greg Carr was talking about. Mami Wata, M-A-M-I, M-A-M-I. Mami Wata, W-A-T-A, the most celebrated mermaid-like deity from Africa, who crossed over to the West. Uh, This is from July 20th, 2018. Now I posted an article about this on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, a couple weeks ago. And when I posted the article, I said, uh, let me see, I I talked about um Halle Bailey as the Little Mermaid. And I said, people don't realize, um, I said having African American actress Halle Bailey play the Little Mermaid is more accurate than many of the haters think. It's more accurate than many of the haters think. Now here's a here's a depiction of Mami Wata right here. Uh and the article says, uh, despite being considered an adaptation of the Western mermaid, Mamiwata Wata is a deity in Africa for as long as African history and culture can recollect. For as long as African history and culture can recollect. The half fish, half human female water Spirit is highly, the half-fish, half-human female water spirit is highly respected, feared, and worshipped, presenting a balance between dark, divine, mysterious, and angelic existence, presenting a balance between dark, divine, mysterious, and angelic existence. Now, the deity of Mami Wata is believed to be a woman with a half human and half fish appearance. With the ability to transform wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Wholly into. Any form of her choice. Now, the deity could also take up the form of half-human, half-snake. Her upper body is that of a woman, while her lower body is a fish with a tail. Okay? Just like a mermaid. Her upper body is that of a woman, and her lower body is a fish with a tail. Now, Mami Wata is often presented with long, healthy hair, enviable beauty, and a dark yet appealing mysteriousness her human feu- her h- human features appear similar to that of the women in the areas in which she is now here's another depiction of mommy Wata, and she has dreadlocks here locks okay in this depiction and you see that uh, her lower body is that of a fish now mommy Wata. Traces back to the earliest of African societies recorded by uh, the griots and keepers of history. The Dogon's creation, and the Dogon are in uh, Mali and Burkina Faso, but the Dogon originally come from ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt. The Dogon's creation myth tells the stories of Mamiwata and traces records of its existence to more than 4,000 years ago. Mesopotamian myths also tell of the great water goddess in their story of creation known as Mami um, uh, Aru, A-R-U-R-U, A-R-U-R-U, to be the creator of life. Now the name is traced to the early languages of many modern african societies the first root of its name is considered to be from ethiopian and egyptian coptic societies in the egyptian coptic uh language the word mama m-a-m-a was used as a description of truth and wisdom and the term uh ur u-a-t hyphen u-r meant ocean Water meant ocean water. Now, another definition of the name traces to the early Sudanese society in Sudan, early Sudanese society. And we know the upper portion of Sudan and the lower portion of Egypt used to be Nubia or Tanehesi. Another definition of the name traces to the early Sudanese society where the word Wata, W-A-T-A referred to a woman. The name is often linked to a single entity, but represents the strongest and most significant of all water spirit that exists. Now, I know our kids like Disney and all this stuff, but I'll take Mommy Wata, which reconnects us to African history and culture and language. I'll take that over any of this Snow White and the Seven Dudes and uh, the the Little Mermaid and Three Little Pigs and Cinderella and Pinocchio, all this European English nonsense. When, When we reconnect to African folklore and African mythology and things like this, we are taking our minds back. Power is the ability to define and shape reality and have other people accept your definition of reality as if it were their own. So... These all, all these European fairy tales, okay, help to orientate our children to Europeans being in power because we see the prince and, and the kings and all this in there in England, okay, and we see them ruling. Then you have the princes and the frog. Oh, I got these, I gotta dissect this frog here. A few years ago, when I was, uh, a few years ago, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, presentation that I do, the media's deliberate destruction of the African American family, I break down the Princess and the Frog. Let me take two minutes, break this down. Okay. So Princess Tiana, I think was her name, the Frog. Now it's, it's, it's okay to have an African American princess. The story of the Princess and the Frog was programmed. Okay. So she ends up with, Prince Naveen, who's this European Eurasian looking prince. She don't end up with somebody that looks like her. The, uh, her father dies early in the, in the, in the movie. It's a, it's a cartoon, dies early in the movie. He can't protect her. The only other significant African American character is the voodoo priest and he's evil. And by them making him a voodoo priest, they then attack African spirituality. But it was Vodun that the Haitians used to reclaim their African spirituality, cast aside their white God. They reclaimed Vodun, which helped them defeat the French during the Haitian Revolution. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. This is the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes.
5: Greetings. Welcome to the 2022 Black Solidarity Cooperative Conference hosted by Repair Nations. We're looking to bring an all-virtual conference to you this year with different cooperative action happening around the African diaspora. This is a themed conference, and the theme is I versus We, How to Repair a Nation. Around the theme, we're looking to offer an education around travel around the African diaspora, how to fund your cooperative, and also how to get into a collective versus an individual mindset of working together. This conference will be hosted on Saturday, October the 8th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and we're looking for a $5 to $20 suggested donation, but no de- donation is required to come in. Please come out and support us on this day as we're together different cooperatives and collectors with education. And we hope to see you at the 2022 Cooperative Solidarity Conference with Repair Nations.
0: Hello, African History Network family. You've put it off for way too long. Now it's time to act for your family, your future, and the next generation. Get life insurance for that peace of mind and security for you and your loved ones. Build your financial foundations starting today. Your independent agent at Fortify Trust Life Brokers with over a dozen strong A-rated life insurance companies to offer you the life protection you need when it comes to final expense, term life, whole life, mortgage protection, Annuities and more, they are currently licensed in Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. Don't let a pre existing health condition hinder you from getting life insurance. You can get the affordable coverage you need today. Life insurance is only the beginning. Email them at Fortified Trust Life for a free fact sheet explaining. The Five Basic Building Blocks for a Strong Financial Foundation. It's their gift to you to help you fortify your future. Email them at fortifytl828 at yahoo.com or call them at 706-339-5096 and leave a message. Fortify your future today. Saturday, October 8th, 2022, the Repaired Nations uh, fourth annual conference is uh, coming up. And this deals with cooperative economics, learning how to um, actually utilize, utilize cooperative economics. This, this is the Repaired Nations fourth annual Black Cooperative Solidarity Conference is taking place 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Those in Detroit, those on the East Coast, we're Eastern Standard Time, okay? Uh, visit their website, repairnations.org. We're going to get the information up at our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. We'll have that up on Monday. Uh, I will be one of the presenters um, at the virtual conference as well. I'll be doing a presentation dealing with the history of the uh, uh, of uh, African-American cooperatives and how we use cooperatives to empower ourselves, uh, economically. Okay. Um, uh, let's go to this clip, please. Uh, here's the, um, uh, official uh, commercial Here's the, the, the official announcement of the, um, of the conference. Let's go to this clip, please.
5: Greetings. Welcome to the 2022 black solidarity cooperative conference hosted by repair nations. We're looking to bring an all-virtual conference to you this year with different cooperative action happening around the African diaspora. This is a theme conference, and the theme is I versus We, How to Repair a Nation. Around the theme, we're looking to offer an education around travel around the African diaspora, how to fund your cooperative, and also how to get into a collective versus an individual mindset of working together. This conference will be hosted on Saturday, October the 8th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we're looking for a five to twenty dollars suggested donation, but no de- donation is required to come in. Please come out and support us on this day as we bringing together different cooperatives and collectives with education. And we hope to see you at the 2022 Cooperative Solidarity Conference with Repaired Nations.
0: To, uh, see everybody there at the virtual conference once again. Uh, okay, so somebody asked, "How do you register?" We'll put the website up again. Visit Repaired. Nations.org. R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D, RepairNations.org. You can register there. Suggested donation is between 5 to $20. If, for people who are not able to do that, you can still register. They're not turning people away. Okay, so if you can support them because they've been working, they contacted me uh, a few months ago to um, speak at the conference. All right. So, uh, I'll be speaking. I, I don't know my exact time. But I'll, I'll post that on our website, the African History dot com as well. But, um, I'll be speaking at the conference. You don't want to miss my, uh, presentation. Okay. Let's go back to the, uh, story here dealing with uh, the article from face to face dot com dealing with, uh, Mami Wata. Now this deals with African culture ties into African language, etc., African history. OK, as opposed to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and the Princess and the Frog and all types of things like this. I was talking about the Princess and the Frog right before the break. Um, and you have uh, that, that piece. That, that story is uh, a lot of propaganda. OK, um, you have uh, Princess Tiana, who's the, the, now keep in mind, this was the first um, African-American princess. Right. First African-American princess. Uh, In a Disney movie. And this is what. uh, This is what Disney does. And let me see. Can we get a a picture. Of it here. So she. The the only. Other significant African-American character. Besides her father. Right. Is the. uh, Voodoo priest. He's evil. And. Uh, he's the enemy, okay? He's evil and he's the enemy. Her savior is Prince Naveen. Now, Prince Naveen is this Eurasian, white-looking prince, okay? And she ends up, you know, marrying him at the end. They go live off happily ever after, um, uh, something like that. They go live happily ever after, and by making uh the voodoo priest by making him the villain what they do is they uh show um uh, african african american men african men as being evil but also they attack african spirituality because voodoo is vodun and it comes from the, the foe of Dahomey is Vodun, It's it, it's in Haiti, but it was in Africa before it was in Haiti. It was in Dahomey amongst the foe people before it was in um in Haiti. Okay, and it's also uh, it's also related to Ifa as well, um, which is the spiritual tradition of the Yoruba. Uh, okay. It's, it's portrayed in movies and things like this as being evil, but in its essence, it's not evil. Anything can be used in an evil way, but in its essence, it's not evil. So when they attack vodou, they attack African spirituality. Now it was vodou that the Haitians used to help them defeat the French during the Haitian Revolution, and they defeat the French and defeat it, it was the um, It was the French and the British and uh, one other European nation. They were allies. And it helped them to defeat these Europeans. And they threw away their white God and reclaimed their African spirituality. So when we see the princess and the frog, we see all this being attacked in the uh, cartoon from Disney. All right, so if you got the princess and the frog, you may want to rethink showing that to our children, especially, especially yeah, the Spanish, the French, yeah, the the the, the British, uh, the French and the Spanish, they were all allies in the in the Haitian Revolution. I was thinking Spanish, but I, I was thinking Spanish, but yeah, and then the um, uh, we know that the Haitian Revolution is going to. Uh, Be one of the driving forces between behind the Louisiana purchase as well. France selling 828,000 square miles of land for less than three cents an acre to uh, the U.S. Okay, let's go back to Mami Wata. Now, Mami Wata uh, was developed from the African culture that believed in the existence and worship of mystical creatures. Mami Wata is the bigger goddess with smaller followers some of which were also men and had the same appearance as their goddess. Stories are told of her followers coming to shore every now and then to deceive seamen and capture uh, them to be taken in the water kingdom. The captives were a source of entertainment until they were offered as sacrifices to her okay uh those watching on facebook and youtube keep watching for a few more minutes uh we'll keep uh we'll keep going and um the um uh, we're out of time here on nine ten a m superstation w f d f right now scratch wrong behaviors not over till we win we kind of forever visit our website the Network dot com we'll talk to you next time peace all right Okay, stand by I had to disconnect that call. Um, okay, let's continue. Okay, so uh, Mami Wata was developed from the African culture that believed in the existence and worship of mystical creatures, okay? Now in West Africa, in some parts of eastern africa the deity is called Mamiwata, wata or um uh i'm not sure how to pronounce it m a m a m e Wata mammy Wata. okay um modern african societies refer to her as uh mommy wata or mammy Wata. in some parts of eastern africa Among the Swahili-speaking groups, she is called Mamba Munti, M-U-N-T-I, Mamba, M-A-M-B-A, Mamba, like Black Mamba, uh, Kobe Bryant, Mamba Munti. The African deity has managed to find uh, homes in many other societies in the Western world. In the Caribbean, in parts of Southern, uh, Southern America, the deity is highly respected, okay? In the Caribbean and parts of Southern uh, America, the deity is highly respected and feared with many stories around her ide- identity. Many cultures till date, to, to this date, to this day, worship the deity and train high priestesses who serve as a link between the people and the deity. Okay. Um, Now the role of Mami Wata, the role of the strikingly beautiful goddess is to provide spiritual and material healing to her worshipers while also protecting their emotional and mental health and growth she is the protector of the water bodies she is the protector of the water bodies many traditional groups in africa till today do not uh, do not go to the beach or fish on certain days in order to provide peace to the water deity's home for women she is a giver of fertility and protector of women and children Mami Wata has a soft spot for women who have suffered abuse. Mami Wata has a soft spot for women who have suffered abuse. The deity is also a provider of wealth and riches to her loyal worshipers and admirers and blesses children with beauty. Oftentimes, the beauty is said to be a destructive tool to the girls but the deity possesses evil as much as she possesses good. Many men have been said to be captured by the deity for her own sexual satisfaction. Sometimes the men are left lifeless to be buried by the living uh, or their bodies are never found. Uh, Women who are not humble because they have been blessed with beauty are often left barren or without a man until they compensate the deity. Mamiwata also has very strong sexual prowess of, of, uh, Mamiwata also has very strong sexual powers of sex, starvation, seduction, and lust. In the Nigerian tradition, Wata seduces men and reveals herself uh, to them after sexual intimacy the man is made to swear faithfulness to the deity or die any man that any man that rejected her offer any man that rejected her her offer is said to suffer sudden sudden death poverty and destruction to his family if he is married the deity is also known to have a terrible temper and jealousy issues which often lead to the death of many. Okay, now here's another depiction of Mami Wata as well. Now, Mami Wata in Western societies, for many Africans who find themselves in the Western world, specifically in the Caribbean and Southern America, the deity of the deity of Mamiwata is said to have traveled with uh, with them on the Atlantic Ocean. Protecting them and taking some of their pain to relieve them, protecting them and, and taking some of their pain to relieve them. She is said to have capsized many slave ships. That do not make it to their Western destinations, especially during the abolition of the slave trade. She emerged as a uh, human many times to uh, to the slaves, often as a beautiful girl who dies at a very young age. This was her way of protecting her people who were no longer close to the water bodies. By appearing in human form in between decades, she reminded the slaves, the African slaves that she had not forsaken them. For many African communities in areas like the Dominican Republic, Haiti and Brazil, Mamiwata emerged to the people as uh, Lassiren, L A S I R E N, La Siren, Lassiren, Yemenya, which is in uh, the Yoruba tradition of Ifa, Yemenya, uh, Santa Marta, La uh, Dominadora, and uh, Oxum, O X U M. Now, mamiwata appears in many children's stories as a mystical character who often brings good or bad luck depending on one's character. Many are warned to resist the seductive charms of the deity believing that if one can resist mamiwata, they can live long and endure life's obstacles. Now, Mami Wata found her way into Western societies by 15th centuries, by the 15th century, when the sailors who mixed with the indigenous Africans and slaves found their way into their lands. In Western culture, she is referred to as a mermaid with beautiful features. In Western culture, she is referred to as a mermaid with beautiful features. Today, many Western scholars believe that Mami Wata is a uh, pigeon adaptation of the word mermaid adapted by African societies, P-I-D-G-I-N. So check out this article here from face-to-faceafrica.com dealing with Mami Wata, the most celebrated mermaid-like deity from Africa who crossed over to the West. This is by Elizabeth uh, uh, Johnson, Elizabeth uh, Ofosua uh, Ofosua Johnson uh, from July 20th, 2018 for face-to-faceafrica.com. So if the white supremacists are upset about the Little Mermaid being African, well, original mermaids were African. That goes back to Mami Wata. So, you know, uh, the deeper they dig, the blacker the planet gets, the more research they do, the older we get. OK, uh, I'm going to squeeze in this uh, last story here and uh, watch, you know, uh, the uh, we'll play a clip from the interview with Professor James Small also here uh, as well. Another clip, part two uh, of my interview, with Professor James Small. Um, this story here. Here we we haven't had a chance to deal with the past couple of weeks. I'm going to squeeze this in. This deals with um, the reverse freedom rides. The reverse freedom rides. of uh, This takes place in 1962. Okay. And you have African Americans. Hold on. You have African Americans who are uh, African American activists who are being uh, shipped or, or uh, driven from the South up north. Okay, uh, 1962 by segregationists. They thought it was funny. Now Alex Wagner on uh, Alex Wagner tonight uh, discussed this September 16, 2022. Also Joanne Reed discussed this on her show, the uh, the Readout. Alex Wagner looks back at the reverse freedom rides of 1962 in which segregationists tricked African Americans in the South into being bused to northern cities, okay? Segregationists in the South in 1962 tricked African Americans uh, into being bused to northern cities and draws, and this draws parallels to the latest cruel, Political stunts by Republican governors, Ron DeSantis in Florida needs to be desanitized, as well as Greg Abbott in Texas, sending migrants to northern cities with the intention of creating chaos. Let's go to this clip.
2: Most of the people who came had only a shopping bag with perhaps one change of clothing, no money. Knowing nobody, it was one of the most inhuman things that I have ever seen.
5: My mother was told she was going to have better everything. She was going to have a job and and she was going to be able to support her family and her children was going to be able to get an education, you know, be able to go to school. You know, that alone was not the truth.
6: Throughout the summer and fall of 1962, hundreds of black Americans arrived at Cape Cod, Massachusetts, near the summer home of President John F. Kennedy. They arrived in their Sunday best, dresses, pearls, white hats. They had little else packed for what they expected to be a permanent move, mostly because they had little else. Segregationists from southern states convinced them to travel to Massachusetts on buses by promising the world. Jobs, permanent housing, a new life, a meeting with President John F. Kennedy. None of that happened. These people, women and men and children, were lured, lied to, and sent to Massachusetts with nothing. Kennedy wasn't there to greet them, but the Cape Cod NAACP was, because they caught wind of the trick. The whole thing, if you can believe it, was on purpose. Real people with real lives and real human needs were used as pawns in a game concocted by white segregationist Southern leaders who were angry about the push for racial integration. They were angry about the activism of the Freedom Riders in 1961 who aimed to integrate interstate bus travel. They were so angry that they punished innocent people on purpose, putting them on what they called reverse Freedom Rides back up north.
0: The ultimate accomplishment, of course, has already been uh, obtained, and that is to focus attention on the hypocrisy of the northern liberals and the NAACP, Urban League, and people like that especially.
2: We intend to continue it until those uh, people in the majority
0: tell those politicians we are through with this foolishness about uh, civil rights and uh, things that you're using for political purposes.
6: You might say that we are seeing something eerily similar play out today, just in color, and this time targeting another group of people of color, immigrants.
0: We are not a sanctuary state. And it's better to be able to go to a sanctuary jurisdiction. And, yes, we will help facilitate that transport for you to be able to go to greener pastures. And all those people in D.C. and New York were beating their
5: chests when Trump was president, saying they were so proud to be sanctuary jurisdictions, saying how bad it was to have a secure border. The minute even a
2: small fraction of what those border towns deal with every day is brought to their front door, they all of a sudden – Go berserk.
6: Yesterday, Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis flew 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard, a small island off the Massachusetts coast. The governor used some of the $12 million the state legislature set aside for transporting migrants out of the state of Florida. The planes reportedly originated in San Antonio, Texas, but stopped briefly in Florida first. Many of the migrants that Florida flew to Martha's Vineyard were told they were headed to Boston, which means yesterday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis became the third Republican governor, joining the likes of Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Arizona Governor Doug Ducey in trying to turn our nation's immigration system into some kind of political prank, using people as pawns to own the lids and prove once and for all that Democrat-led states and cities are not actually sanctuaries for migrants. He'll show those states. NBC got a chance to talk with one of the migrants who arrived at Martha's Vineyard yesterday.
0: Eh, lo del suceso de las últimas 24 horas, ¿Cómo, explícame, cuéntame, cuando llegaste, ¿cómo pasó todo? Desde que estabas en, la, en Estados Unidos, en la tierra de Estados Unidos, ahora aquí en esta
6: isla que es parte del estado de Massachusetts.
1: Bueno, llegamos a San Antonio, 7000, ahí nos ofrecieron ayuda de venir, de allí vinimos, eh, duramos dos días en un hotel, ya de ahí para acá nos trasladaron hasta acá nos nos dijeron que llegáramos a Boston de Boston nunca llegamos a Boston pero llegamos acá ya suponen so las veinticuatro horas más incierta que hemos
5: tenido te preocupabas
2: M- miedo M- más que preocupación miedo porque no sabíamos a dónde
6: íbamos a llegar scared worried and deceived it is the year 2022 but this stunt echoes what we saw 60 years ago when segregationist Southerners bust Black Americans up to Massachusetts. We are again seeing a group of disenfranchised Black and brown people used as pawns because the vision of those very same Black and brown people being fully integrated into American society is terrifying to certain conservative leaders. All right.
0: All right. So that is... Uh... That was from uh, Alex Wagner tonight, dealing with uh, the reverse freedom rides. That's from uh, September 16th, 2022, GOP governors follow shameful history with cruel stunt abusing migrants. And we see something like that, very similar uh, to the reverse freedom rides in 1962. If we look at this article from uh, Washington Post, Also, there's one from uh, WBUR.org, WBUR.org. But if you look at this one here from the Washington Post, uh, reverse freedom rides and echo of Martha's Vineyard. Reverse freedom rides and echo of Martha's Vineyard migrant flights 60 years ago, tricked by segregationists with promises of work and housing. Black families were dropped in Cape Cod with nothing. Sound familiar? We look at this article here written by Jillian Brackel and Jody Tillman, September 16, 2022. Now here's a picture of these African-Americans who, uh, okay, Victoria Bell wearing glasses and holding an infant infant uh, is greeted by select man, E. Thomas Murphy, E. Thomas Murphy and on uh, on arrival from Little Rock, Arkansas with her 11 children in 1962 in Hyannis, uh, Massachusetts. The trip for the family was sponsored by a white segregation group in Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, so here they are here. and they were lied to by these white supremacists. Okay. So um, Eliza Davis was bewildered the day she arrived in a wealthy tourist town on Cape Cod, an agricultural worker she had been promised uh, she'd been promised work and housing. If she took a free trip to another state, days later, disembarking with, uh, her eight children, she had little idea where she was, that a president had a family compound down the road or that she was a pawn as locals told the New York times in a political stunt. She was a pawn in a political stunt. Now, uh, Eliza Davis, who was 36 years old, was not among the migrants who arrived uh, Wednesday in Martha's Vineyard, which is a resort island off Cape Cod, where former President uh, Barack Obama has a home, courtesy of a flight arranged uh, by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, she was a, Eliza Davis was a black woman from Alabama, bused to and abandoned in Hyannis, uh, Massachusetts in 1962, not far from the holiday home of President John F. Kennedy. Today's migrants in Martha's Vineyard are now becoming, are now being transported to the same Cape Cod military base that housed the reverse freedom riders, the reverse freedom riders decades ago. It was all part of the so-called reverse freedom rides arranged by white segregationists in 1962 in retaliation for the freedom rides of the, pre, of the previous summer, 1961, when African-American and white volunteers rode buses through the South supporting desegregation. And John Lewis was one of those uh, freedom writers. Uh, The plot was organized by uh, white supremacist, by the white supremacist citizens council in Arkansas, who bought radio, who bought radio ads and made flyers advertising the quote unquote opportunity to African-Americans. Now they focused The White Citizens Council, these white supremacists, focused on recruiting men with criminal records and single mothers with a lot of children, cynically presuming white liberals would welcome them the least. Leela Mae Williams, an Arkansas woman who was dropped off in Hyannis, Massachusetts, with her nine youngest children, was dressed in her finest clothes because she had been told uh president John F Kennedy himself was going to greet them when they arrived according to a uh report from the National Public Radio NPR in 2020 okay now Leela May Williams had packed little else because anything she needed was going to be provided she was told she was told now here is um uh, A picture of Leela Mae Williams, 36 years old, of Huttick, Arkansas, and seven of her nine children on arrival in Hyannis, Massachusetts in May of 1962. Uh, Leela Mae Williams said she had been told President John F. Kennedy would greet her on arrival. This is how demonic and devilish these white supremacists were, and many of them still are. Now, along with the new arrivals, local Hyannis officials received anonymous letters, according to the New York Times, saying things like Abe Lincoln sold the seeds and now the North can reap the harvest. Abe Lincoln sold the seeds and now uh, the North can reap the harvest. And they would say things like, quote, we have put up with millions of N-words for 100 years. So why should you squawk? Very, very, very interesting that they would say something like that. Now, all of them probably would claim to be good Christians also. All of them would probably claim to be good Christians. Um, And if Yeshua showed up tomorrow, most of them will probably lynch him because he, he was African. If Yeshua, who who they call Jesus, which is the anglicized version of the word because the letter J didn't exist until 1630 AD. When you look up the word Jesus in the dictionary, it takes you back to the Hebrew Yeshua with a Y. If Yeshua showed up tomorrow, these white supremacists would probably lynch him because they'd find out he's African, not European, like, like the, the the version they they've been worshiping. So it was a great contrast to the great migration of the previous decades during which was 1915 to 1970. We had 6 million African Americans migrating from the, uh, from the South up North and out West. It was a great contrast to the great migration of the previous decades during which white residents did everything they could to stop uh, black workers from leaving white residents did everything they could to stop black workers from leaving because they needed that workforce. Okay. They may hate them, but they needed that workforce. Okay. All right, let's continue here. Let me go back to this piece here. Okay. So, families would often have to sneak to the train station under cover of darkness or use other subterfuge to escape. Described in detail. by historian Isabel Wilkerson in the book, The Warmth of Other Sons, The Epic Story of America's Great Migration. Don't I have that book somewhere? Yeah, right here. Isabel Wilkerson. Right here, The Warmth of Other Sons, The Warmth of Other Sons, uh, The Epic Story of America's Great Migration okay, Uh, national bestseller, okay, by Isabel Wilkerson. Southern segregationist groups badly deceived black families using tactics, quote, consciously parroting the freedom rides, consciously parroting the freedom rides, noted Clive Webb, an American history professor at the University of Sussex in a 2004 paper on the reverse freedom rides. The Greater New Orleans Citizens Council or White Citizens Council, the Greater New Orleans Citizens Council ran newspaper ads in 1962, promising free transportation plus $5 for expenses to any Negro man or woman or family, no limit to size, who desire to migrate to the nation's capital or any city in the north of their choosing. Now, notices were also posted in prisons offering free transportation to prisoners whose sentences were set to expire, okay? Um, uh, Clive Webb found. The largest contingent of reverse freedom riders traveled from Little Rock, Arkansas, to to Hyannis, uh, Massachusetts. Amos Guthridge, A-M-I-S, Amos Guthridge, an attorney and president of the Capital Citizens Council in Little Rock, Arkansas, hoped to test Edward Kennedy, who was campaigning for a Senate seat U.S. Senate seat. Quote, President Kennedy's brother assures you and assures you a grand reception to Massachusetts, said the, uh, the White Citizens Council recruitment posters. Good jobs, housing, etc. are promised. Good jobs, housing, etc. are promised. Then, as now in Cape Cod, many residents in Hyannis, Massachusetts, met the writers with open arms. A local committee formed to provide housing, clothing, and money to the new arrivals. Now, uh, uh, Davis and at least uh, 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 Ella, is that, uh, I think that was Ella Mae Davis, Lila, uh, I think that was Ella Davis. Okay, Uh, I think that was Ella Davis. Okay, Davis and at least 50 others, including 33 children, were housed in the dormitory of a nearby community college. Others were housed in private homes. And later, a nearby army barracks was used until... Uh, they could be placed with jobs and housing in the surrounding area. Massachusetts Governor uh, John Volpe, V-O-L-P, condemned the rides as, quote, traffic in human misery, end quote, traffic in human misery. The only way to meet such cruelty is by wisdom and love. Episcopal Bishop uh, Anson Phelps Stokes, Jr., told the Associated Press, he urged residents to, quote, show understanding and compassion, show understanding and compassion. Okay, so here is a picture. Uh, This is Linda Johnson holds her four month old sister, Patricia, uh, as they are made welcome by the Reverend Kenneth Warren in Hyannis, Massachusetts in June, 1962. Uh, Reverend Warren led the Volunteer Refugee Relief Committee, which helped black families lured from the South with stories of jobs and homes. The welcome was not universal. The welcome was not universal. When the Massachusetts governor asked for federal help, the Kennedy administration declined. President John F. Kennedy called it a rather cheap exercise, but otherwise avoided the issue. In New York, when a few dozen African Americans arrived from Louisiana, city officials paid the bus fare for at least six to return to their home state, according to the New York Times. Some of the Southerners sent to Hyannis got jobs as cooks or chambermaids, or in candle making factories according to a 1964 column in the Boston Globe. When the summer ended, the jobs in Hyannis dried up. When the summer ended, the jobs in uh, Hyannis, Massachusetts dried up. All but one family left. Victoria Vale, who appears in the photo at the top of this story, lived in Hyannis, uh, Massachusetts for the rest of her life working as a nurse to the elderly and volunteering to help the poor. According to news clippings in the Barnstable Patriot, at least one of her children made the honor roll at school and some still live in the area, okay? Now, uh, Victoria Bell passed away in, in the year 2000. Within a few years, Leela, Leela Mae Williams and her kids ended up, in a Boston housing project where the family struggled without nearby relatives, one of her daughters told NPR's Code Switch in 2020, National Public Radio's Code Switch in 2020, racist white neighbors resented their presence in public schools and harassed them. Okay, now here's a picture of uh, David Harris, the first. Reverse Freedom Rider to arrive in Hyannis, Massachusetts, from Little Rock, Arkansas, relaxes on the lawn of the home where he lives in this resort town in July 1962. Since arriving, he he has worked as a cook in a restaurant and opened his own restaurant. The reverse freedom rides ended up backfiring politically, okay. Webb argued because even moderate segregationists, even moderate segregationists were put off by the cynical manipulation of poor African Americans. Even moderate segregationists were put off by the cynical manipulation of poor African Americans. So they were white supremacist light. L.I.G.H.T. They were white supremacist light. okay. they were, uh, you know, white. They were light segregations. They were segregationist light. In Little Rock, Arkansas, the Arkansas Gazette. Said the scheme had never been condoned by the better thinking people here had never been condoned by the better thinking people here. New Orleans radio and television station WDSU denounced the campaign as sick sensationalism bordering on the moronic. Sick sensationalism bordering on the moronic. A Gallup poll published in June 1962 showed widespread disapproval of the White Citizen Council's tactics among, Af- uh, among white Southerners. Okay, a Gallup poll published in June 1962 showed widespread disapproval of the White Citizen Council's tactics among white Southerners. In the end, only about 200 people were sent on reverse freedom rides, far fewer than the thousands of migrants who have been transported north to Washington, D.C., New York, and now Massachusetts in the past few months. On Thursday morning, two buses, this is around September 16, 2022. On Thursday morning, two buses from Texas dropped off asylum-seeking immigrants in front of Vice President Kamala Harris's residence in Northwest Washington. There is one big difference between the migrant transports now and the reverse Freedom Rides of 60 years ago. In the 1960s, the buses were funded by anonymous people donating to private segregationist groups, which aimed to tell the North, quote, to put up or shut up. They aimed to tell the North to put up or shut up, as one New Orleans leader said. Now, Governor Ron DeSantis, who needs to be voted out of office in the November eighth, twenty twenty two midterm election, because um, Florida needs to be desanitized, Governor Ron DeSantis has not said how the flights uh, he arranged to Martha's vineyard, Martha's vineyard was were funded. We know he spent. Um, uh, I think it was, yeah, I, th- uh, I think he spent. It was either. DeSantis or Greg Abbott spent $12 million so far. Uh, probably at the time of this article, around September 16th, they had spent like $12 million. Okay. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott, he spent $12 million. I don't know how much money DeSantis has spent. Governor Greg Abbott had has spent $12 million sending migrants up north. But Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Republican, has used state resources and donations for the buses. And both have been eager to take credit. Both have been eager to take credit. Hopefully, this demonic scheme by Governor Greg Abbott and DeSantis, Governors Greg Abbott and DeSantis, hopefully it will backfire on them politically as well. Okay, check out this article from the Washington Post. Reverse freedom rides, an echo of Martha's Vineyard migrant flights 60 years ago. Okay, look, um, be sure to register for the online history classes I teach on uh, Saturdays and, uh, I mean, not Saturdays, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. It used to be Saturdays and Sundays. These classes are Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, ancient Kemeth the moors and the ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school It's right on the homepage of our website, the African history, network.com, the African history, network.com click right here, register here. Okay. And, uh, the classes don't sell $80, regularly $130. And then on Tuesdays, I teach from the civil war to the civil rights movement of black power, 1865 to 1968 uh so uh october 4th and october 6th we'll have class 7 p.m to 9 p.m eastern standard time each day if you miss any of the classes all the set we do the sessions live all of them are archived and recorded you can go back and watch anytime uh and we have a bundle pack you can get both classes for 130 dollars it's over 300 dollars value click right here or register here you can pay debit card credit card paypal if you want to do it through cash app email me You can email me through the website click on contact the African History Network, uh, right at the top of the page. Or if you're on the smartphone, click menu, and it shows you the menu uh, there, the different options. Uh, the the uh, interview I did with Professor Jane Small, it's on YouTube, uh, on our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotel. also on the homepage of our website. Click right here. You can watch, uh, it's uh, a little more than two hours. Okay, and we dealt with the woman king and the real history of the West African kingdom of uh, Dahomey. All right. Look, uh, uh, be sure to register for the uh, the conference, the Repair Nations Conference, taking place Saturday, October eighth. Saturday, October eighth, uh, one p.m. to four p.m. Eastern Standard Time, ten p.m. to four p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time out on the, out on the West Coast. Okay, and uh, I'll be speaking there also well uh repairnations.org to register for the conference we'll get the information up uh, on our website theafricanhistorynetwork.com uh, and let's see the suggested uh donation is between five to twenty dollars but if you can't make a donation you can still attend it's a virtual conference you can still attend the conference uh i want to go to uh the um, video here in just a second one more time.
5: Greetings. Welcome to the 2022 Black Solidarity Cooperative Conference hosted by Repair Nations. We're looking to bring an all virtual conference to you this year with different cooperative action happening around the African diaspora. This is a theme conference and the theme is I versus we, how to repair a nation. Around the theme, we're looking to offer an education around travel around the African diaspora, how to fund your cooperative and also how to get into a collective versus an individual mindset of working together. This conference will be hosted on Saturday, October the 8th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and we're looking for a $5 to $20 suggested donation, but no donation is required to come in. Please come out and support us on this day as we're bringing together different cooperatives and collectives with education, and we hope to see you at the 2022 Cooperative Solidarity Conference with Repair Nations.
0: Hey, look, that's going to do it for us. Also, you can support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also, through PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. So, if you like this type of information, if you learn something from today's show, you can help support us. That helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, and pay some of the bills, etc. So, we have uh the links here right on the homepage of our website. You can click there for Cash App. Uh, it takes you. Um, let me see. Okay. Uh, click right there. And then um, this is our official cash app account. Dollar sign, the AHN show, S-H-O-W. When you go to it, it says Michael and shows my picture there. These other ones here are fake African History Network cash app accounts. We're still trying to get shut down. All right. Okay. Look, we have to get out of here. Uh, remember right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win kind of forever. Thanks for joining us. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a heart. Give us a like on this broadcast. Talk to you next time. Peace. Hello, African History Network family. You've put it off for way too long. Now it's time to act for your family, your future and the next generation. Get life insurance for that peace of mind and security for you and your loved ones. Build your financial foundations starting today. Your independent agent at Fortified Trust Life Brokers with over a dozen strong A-rated life insurance companies to offer you the life protection you need when it comes to final expense, term life, whole life, mortgage protection, annuities, and more. They are currently licensed in Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. Don't let a pre-existing health condition hinder you from getting life insurance. You can get the affordable coverage you need today. Life insurance is only the beginning. Email them at Fortify Trust Life for a free fact sheet explaining the five basic building blocks for a strong financial foundation. It's their gift to you to help you fortify your future. Email them at Fortify TL 828. At yahoo.com or call them at 706 339 5096 and leave a message. Fortify your future today.
7: The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world and I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre, I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time.